As we begin this morning, I'd like you to consider uh, this question. What is your number one strength, talent, or ability? Uh, You can think about it or you can write it down in your worship folder. But what is your number one strength, would you say? And then once you have that question figured out, in what ways do you use your strength, your talent, or ability? The really cool thing about our God is that He has created each of us uniquely. None of us are are like anyone else. We may have strengths and talents and abilities that someone else has, but, but our makeup and all of our strengths and abilities are completely different from somebody else's makeup of strengths and abilities. God has created each and every one of us unique. We are uh, truly one of a kind. And since I'm asking you questions this morning, I want, you to, I want to ask you one more. Why? Why has God given you your strengths, your talents, your abilities? Some people would say that uh, God has equipped us and has given us these talents and abilities so that we can use them in a career and we can maximize those talents and, and make money and then enjoy life. When we use our talents in our career uh, to the best we can, it makes us money. Some people would say God has equipped us uh, with our talents and abilities just to use our talents and abilities. And, and when we use uh, our strengths and do what we're good at, It makes us happy just to do those things. In some cultures, they say that we have talents and abilities and God has given us these talents and abilities for the benefit of everybody else. As everybody uses their strengths, their talents and abilities in uh, the village, in the town, in the city, uh, it betters everybody else. Do you know what the problem with each and every one of those is, though? None of them are lasting. At some point in our life, uh, we are, truth is, we are going to die. And when we die, uh, doesn't matter how much money we've accumulated. Doesn't matter how much enjoyment we've had in life from using our talents and our strengths and our abilities. Doesn't matter how much fun we had with them. At some point in our life, Uh, our strengths and our talents, they're going to decrease. And if we rely on uh, using our strengths and talents to make us happy, happiness is going to evade us. We're not going to have it. At some point in our life, our city, our town, our country is no longer going to need our strengths, talents, and abilities. Because at the rate we're going, there'll be more and more robots to take over what is necessary for people to do right now. They will replace us. And so why? Why has God equipped us with these talents, gifts, and abilities? This morning we are turning our attention to the book of Acts chapter 6. As I mentioned at the beginning of the service, we've been walking through the first seven chapters of Acts. And today we come to Acts chapter 6, where the disciples are faced with a a situation that they have to deal with. So we're in Acts chapter 6, beginning with verse 1. In those days, 
When the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the Word of God in order to wait on tables. In the first century, women didn't work. And if they did, it wasn't enough to provide any meaningful income to support them. They relied on their husbands, and if their husbands died, they relied on their sons to take care of them. And if uh, uh, their husband died and they were a widow and they didn't have any sons, they relied on the church to provide them with food and the necessities of life. And that's what we have going on here. Uh, We have two different groups of widows coming to the church. We've got Hellenistic Jews and Hebraic Jews. Hebraic Jews were Jew by race, born and raised a Jew, and Jew by religion, born and raised a Jew religiously. Hellenistic Jews were Greeks, born and raised in the race of being a, a Greek, and then had converted to Judaism as a religion. And so you have these two groups of people, two different races, coming to the church for the daily distribution of food. And what we have is first century racism. The Hellenistic Jews, the the Greeks, were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food, uh, probably because they weren't Jews. And all the priests were Jewish priests. The people in charge of the daily distribution of food were Jews by race and religion. And so they bring this matter to the disciples, the, and the twelve, and the twelve are, are Jesus' twelve disciples that he had handpicked when he was here on earth. Who, they were the kind of the leaders of the church at the time. They bring this matter to the twelve, and they bring it to all the disciples, and they say, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the Word of God in order to wait on tables. They had to decide. Are we going to spend our time and our energy to make sure that the, this, the widows are being taken care of, that uh, there's fair play happening, or are we going to use our gifts and talents elsewhere? And what they decided was they were going to keep the main thing the main thing. And what was the main thing? The ministry of the Word of God. Why is the Word of God the main thing? Because they knew that everything in life is going to disappear. Everything that they knew and loved was going to be gone, including food. At some point, life was going to end, and at that point, there was only one thing that mattered, and it was, do you have a relationship with Jesus? Do you believe that Jesus is your Savior who lived, died, and rose again for you. That was the main thing. And the only way to foster this relationship with God is through the Word of God. It's only in the Word of God that you hear about Jesus, your Savior. It's only in the Word of God that you learn about how much God loves you, that He sent His one and only Son. That's the main thing. And the disciples also realized that God had equipped them with the ability to preach and teach and to build others up in the Word of God. And so they said it's not right for us to neglect the ministry of the Word of God, neglect our gifts, our talents, our abilities to wait on tables. Not because they were too good for it, but because they 
honestly recognized their gifts. And so they said, let's hand over this responsibility to other people who have this gift, these talents, these abilities. Both are important, right? Both are important. God tells us to love God and love people. And taking care of people's needs is loving people like God wants us to. And yet when they did an honest assessment of their gifts and abilities, they said, we'll be neglecting the Word of God if we focus all on this over here. So let's delegate the responsibility. We too want to keep the main thing the main thing. Our careers, our houses, uh, our cars, uh, everything that we know, like I said, is going to end. It's a harsh reality, but it's a true reality. And at that point, all that matters is if we know Jesus, the one who conquered death, the one who's conquered our sin, the one who heals our broken hearts and, and removes our guilt from us, the one who brings us into a peaceful relationship with God, the one who's opened heaven for us. Do we know Him and do we believe in Him? That's the only thing that matters. And as I was preparing for today, I was faced with a question, and it was this. Do I neglect the ministry of the Word of God in my own life? Do I get caught up in worldly things? Do I get caught up in the the day-to-day tasks that I have on my list to do and neglect the ministry of Word of God in my own life. Then I was faced with another one. Do I neglect the ministry of the Word of God in my family's life? Towards the end of the day, is it more enjoyable to turn on the TV and watch TV instead of doing a devotion with Anne? Do I neglect the ministry of the Word of God here at church? The church has called me to to keep the main thing the main thing to carry out the ministry of the Word of God, to build you up in the Word of God, and to spread that Word of God to other people? And do I neglect the ministry of the Word of God because I fail to delegate tasks that all of you have gifts and abilities for? And as you sit here this morning, you have to search your own heart and answer those same questions too. Do you neglect the ministry of the Word of God in your own life and in your family's life? Is Sunday morning the only time you and your family open up God's Word? Or are you in it during the week? Do you neglect the ministry of the Word of God here at church because you don't see it as a priority or you don't see it as your job uh, or you just don't want to because family time, your career, uh, and your own personal free time have more of a priority than the ministry of the Word of God? Let's ask it in a positive way. How could the ministry of the Word of God here at church be enhanced if you use your gifts, talents, and abilities? Uh, how, how could the Word of God be spread then? This week, uh, a family in Liberty Hill found out some pretty tragic news. Their six-year-old daughter named Haley was diagnosed with a brain tumor on Monday. And she was going into surgery on Wednesday to have it removed. Uh, And I've been knocking on uh, this family's door for two years now, inviting them to church, uh, telling them about Jesus, and they don't have a church home. And Wednesday morning before the surgery, 
I was able to go down to the children's hospital and stand there with them and pray with them. I was able to tell them about the love that Jesus has for them, the fact that He knows all things, that this day wasn't a shock to them, to Him. He knew it was coming. And He knew that I would be standing there in front of them on that day to tell them about the love that their Savior has. That He, he died to conquer the sin that causes things like brain tumors. He, he died to conquer death. He, he loves them so much that He's with her in the surgery room. He's with her in the hospital room. He's with her at school. He's with her at home because Jesus loves her that much. I was able to be there and pray with them uh, before the surgery and tell them about the love of their Savior. And the only reason I could do that is because I wasn't building this PowerPoint. Because I wasn't figuring out who was doing refreshments this Sunday. Because I wasn't cleaning the church. I wasn't doing the finances. I wasn't building uh, our church directory. All of those things are important. All of those things are a necessity to support the ministry of the Word of God that goes on here. But because all of you have picked those things up and do those things, it frees me up to go and build people up in the Word of God and in the love of Jesus. You want to know why God has equipped you with your gifts, your talents, and abilities? It's that. It's to support the ministry of the Word of God. And think about this. Think about it. When you use your gifts, your talents, and abilities, it frees me and other people who have the gift to preach and teach to go out and build people up in the Word of God. And those people then are built up in Jesus' love. And so really, you have impacted somebody not just for today, not just for tomorrow, but for eternity when you use your gifts, your talents, and your abilities. You talk about value. You talk about significance. God says, I've equipped you to impact somebody for eternity. Holy cow! That's incredible. You are valued by God. And you are significant because He says, I need you to use your gifts to build others up for eternal life. It's on the church and me to delegate those things to you and to give you those opportunities uh, to use your gifts. Like Paul said, Christ has given pastors and teachers to equip people for acts of service. But there's a warning in this too. Here's the people the disciples picked. Brothers and sisters, they said, Choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the Word. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Great name. Uh, Also Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. Notice the type of men they chose. They weren't just looking for warm bodies to fill a position, right? They chose men who were full of the Spirit and wisdom. How do you and I, how did these men become full of the Spirit? Only if they're grounded in God's Word. And so that's your second point this morning. Get in the Word first, serve second. 
These men only served after they had already been grounded in God's Word and were full of the Spirit. There are several of you, many of you actually, who serve here at church already. You use your gifts, your talents, and abilities to serve here at church. And and honestly, I'm not just saying this. I'm not being dramatic. But if it wasn't for all of you serving, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. Because I can't do it all. I can't do everything that all of you do and still uh, preach and teach the Word of God. So thank you very much. I don't say it enough. I don't write you thank you notes enough. But know that in my heart, I'm very, very grateful and, and thank you. But let this be a, a warning. Don't get so into serving that you neglect the ministry of the Word of God in your own life. Because when you neglect the ministry of the Word of God in your own life, what happens? You lose the Spirit and you become farther and farther away from God. Several of you, I know, are thinking of serving here at church in some way. Again, thank you very much. Thank you for even considering But let this be a warning to you too. Get in God's Word first. Be built up and grounded in Jesus' love for you and then serve. Because what's going to happen if we're not grounded in God's Word? Not only are we going to be farther and farther away from Jesus, but we'll forget why we're serving. We're serving not because it makes us feel good. We're not serving because we think it earns us anything. We're not serving because we want recognition. We're serving because Jesus first served us. He loved us so much that He died for us. And we have the peace of knowing we're going to heaven. And we're serving because we want others to know that too. We want others to be built up in the Word of God. And so we serve to support the ministry of the Word. In the peace of knowing that heaven is ours. And yet it's hard, isn't it? Why is it hard? because we only have so much time in the day. We have other priorities. We've got career. We've got family. We've got housework to do. And now I'm supposed to use my gifts and abilities at church and find more time to do that? How can I do that? How, how do we not go to bed at night and feel guilty? Guilty that I've spent too much time at church so I've neglected my family? Or I've spent too much time at work uh, and at home and I've neglected uh, the ministry of the Word of God? How, where's the balance? How do I not go to bed at night fe- feeling just completely stressed out and guilty? We go back to the Word of God, right? And what do we hear in the Word of God? Number one, number one, is that He's never neglected our physical needs and He never will neglect our physical needs. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus tells us, do not worry. Why? Because God takes care of the birds of the air and the lilies or flowers of the field, which are here today and gone tomorrow. And if God loves them and cares for them, will He not care for you and me, who He's valued so much that Jesus died for us? And when you think about it, there's never been a time in your life where your physical needs haven't been met, right? At least the basic necessities. You've had food. You've had water. You've had a house over your head. Most of us have had cars, multiple cars. Most of us have gone on vacations. Our physical needs have been met to an abundance. And as we look back, 
What's really cool is we see how God has used people's gifts, talents, and abilities to uh, provide for us physically. This is a God who loves us. And so as we, as we prioritize and we give our time to serving at church, we know that God's not going to neglect our physical needs. Because He says, Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. As we seek the perfection that comes from Jesus, God's going to take care of us. He's not going to neglect us. We dig into the Word and what else do we find? God has never once neglected our spiritual needs. Think for a second of all of the people in your life that God has used to encourage you in the faith. Think of all the pastors, teachers, parents, spouses, kids, friends, mentors, everyone that God has brought into your life over the years to build you up in the Word of God. That have used their gifts and their talents and their abilities to preach and teach you God's Word. And this is a God who loves you, who's never going to neglect you. This is a God who loves you so much that He sent His only Son, Jesus. Jesus came into this world and He lived for you. He lived perfectly. He trusted God perfectly through His entire life. And what happened? Jesus was on the cross, trusting God perfectly, and God neglected Him. Jesus cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me. God turned His back, neglected Him on the cross. Why? So that God will never neglect you. God neglected Jesus, turned His back on Him, left Him, so that you can know for sure He's never going to neglect you. And He never has, and He never will. This is a God who loves you. Who has equipped you with gifts to give this peace to other people. And as we all join together, and we all use our gifts, the Word of God spreads. Here's what we're told. So, the Word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. I think that last line is so cool. A large number of priests, born and raised in the Jewish religion, born and raised to not believe in Jesus as their Savior, came to faith in Jesus as their Savior. Why? Because everyone used their gifts together and the ministry of the Word of God spread. And so today I'm asking you two things. Number one, be in God's Word. Please be in God's Word. Be in God's Word during the week. Come here to worship on Sunday mornings every week where we are built up in what Jesus has done for us. And the number two, help me in support of the ministry of the Word of God. Use your gifts to build up uh, the church and to spread the Word so that all people have the peace that we have. That our sins are forgiven, our guilt is gone, heaven is ours, and that the God of this world never neglects us, never turns His back on us. This is a God we serve. This is a God who's equipped us And this is a God who's given us peace that is beyond all understanding. Let's close with a prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank You for the gifts that You have given us. We ask You to help us to use them, help us to have opportunities to use them. And uh, as we use them, we ask You to help us spread the Word of God uh, so that more and more people may be built up in the peace that only Jesus offers. We thank You 
for our gifts. We thank you for our Savior. We thank you for your love and your forgiveness. In your name we pray. Amen.